Hey everyone, Pastor John here, and this is the Review Podcast, uh, where we revisit some of the older teaching contents, just as a way of review and finding new relevance for them in today's life. And I hope you'll find this helpful. Now let's look at the forest. That's the second point. What is the big picture? Um, The operating question for us when it comes to seeing the forest in the Bible is this, at least in in the topic that we're addressing today, it's this. Biblically speaking, when you take the entire Bible into consideration then, who are the true Israel of God? Who, who gets to be included here in this list? Okay. Who are the true offspring of Abraham? Okay. The forest is, is the answer. So, so let's start here. Consider this. Consider how repeatedly, time and time again, it's stated in the New Testament and foreshadowed in the Old Testament, that Gentile Christians will be counted as part of the true Israel of God. From the very moment God called Abraham, he said, as he was establishing his covenant with him, he will be a father of not one, but many nations. So from Genesis already, uh, we know the offsprings of Abraham will not be limited to one national entity. Keep that in mind. Abraham was promised he'll be a father of many nations, not one. All right, then who are counted as offspring of Abraham if it's not just one nationality? It's not a passport that tells you. It's not a DNA test that tells you that you are offspring of Abraham. Then what is it? Uh, Paul tells us in the book of Romans, it is by faith alone that you're counted, identified as true offspring of Abraham. It says in Romans chapter 2, A Jew is not one outwardly by circumcision, but inwardly by the Spirit. And therefore, not all who belong outwardly and physically to Israel are counted as true Israel. Romans chapter 9. It is those who are of the promise, not children of the flesh, but children of the promise who are counted as offspring of Abraham. Not all who are of Israel are truly Israel. He says that in Romans 9. John the Baptist said in Matthew 3, 9, do not presume to say to yourself, speaking to the Jews, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children of Abraham. It's not at all about being part of this physical ancestry or or descendants. You must be spiritually born again as a child of God to belong to this Abrahamic covenant community. Paul writes to the Galatians, the Gentile Christians in Galatia, and refers to them as the Israel of God in Galatians 6.16. And I think most definitively, he says in Galatians 3.29, and if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Christians, That's what it means. You belong to Christ. Christians, you are Abraham's offspring. This is the grand redemptive plan of God from Genesis to Revelation to bring into his household a multitude of nations and tribes and languages and peoples. That's the forest. That's seeing the forest because of the trees, not not despite the trees. It's consistent with the trees, isn't it? 
what we see contextually, this is always true. Whatever you see on the contextual, like micro level, when you look at all the scriptural clues, it should harmonize with whatever grand macro level theological conclusion you come to. Meaning, uh, you can't you can't simply um, pick out one verse and come to a big theological conclusion. You got to look at all the clues, and when you look at all the clues, you got to come to some harmonious theological conclusion that harmonizes with the rest of Scripture as well. And and here's another very important theological big picture implication that emerges from this as well. Okay, this is why the forest really important. It helps us get rid of this idea that any people group. Any nationality can be saved purely because they are ethnically and nationally of a certain group. We know that's false. I'll say that's a heresy because it compromises people's salvation. You shouldn't use that word lightly. Um, But when it comes to this, because it compromises people's salvation, I'll call that a heresy. Salvation is not justification by race alone. It's justification by faith alone. And so this should also correct for us this false notion, but very prevalent notion that's, that's out there, um, that the Jewish believers, the Israelites, and the Christian church are two completely different entities okay? with, with sort of two deferring salvation plans and timelines. Um, they're not. If, if, if anyone's saved, according to the Bible, if anyone is to be saved, they must be saved by through faith, through faith in God alone. Now, when I say that or other Reformed Presbyterian pastors say that, when Pastor Kevin say that, uh, we're bound to get misunderstood by a lot of people um, as, if, as if there is some agenda here to replace national Israel, to, to undermine their national identity and significance. That's not at all the case. First of all, this is not a national matter. This is a spiritual matter. We're not talking about national Israel. We're talking about spiritual Israel. And if you don't take that distinction seriously, uh, you have a bigger problem than replacing national Israel. You're replacing Christ and his words. His separation between the sheep and the goats. His separation of those who are truly saved and those who are not truly saved. Those who are uh, children of the flesh and children of the promise. We're not talking about getting into physical Jerusalem. We're talking about getting into new the new Jerusalem, the spiritual city coming out of heaven down to earth. That's, that's the first thing I say. The, here's the other thing I will say. Here's my case. Um, I really don't think, and I still haven't heard a good answer to this, I really don't think you can rationally make sense of the distinction between Jewish believers who are Israelites, Jewish believers in Christ who are Israelites, and the Christian church, given that the Christian church, when it was founded, was made up almost entirely of Jewish believers who were Israelites. The first Christians were Jews. The first church fathers were, were Jews. The first disciples of Christ were Jews. The church was originally Jewish. How do you draw this hard line then and separate these to be two different entities, Jewish believers of Christ and the church? When Jesus said to his disciples, when you guys are in conflict with one another and you can't resolve it on your own, then bring it to the church. And if they don't listen to you, then the church should treat him as a Gentile who doesn't know God. When Jesus said that, none of the disciples turned to Jesus and said, "Um, Jesus, what's a church? 
That sounds kind of Gentile-ish, right? <laughs> Nobody said that. We have the synagogue and the temple. What's, what, what in the world is a church? Nobody said that. Why? They knew exactly what Jesus meant by the church. The church in the Greek is ekklesia, which means called and assembled people of God. It's the identical word used in the Hebrew Bible. In the Hebrew, it is kahal, called and assembled people of God, used for Israelites as they assembled and gathered at Mount Sinai. Ecclesia is the kahal. Ecclesia doesn't replace the kahal any more than mommy and daddy replace amma and appa. Right? These are just same things in different languages. So when you when you look at this passage and you think, am I, am I part of the true eternal Israel of God, the spiritual Israel of God, the off, the true offspring of Abraham? Your answer ought to be. If I am Christ, then I am of these people. I am of the 144,000. Does that make sense? If you are Christ, you are in this list. If you are ecclesia, you are the kahal. That's the big picture. Go home sometime today and, and read Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 11 to the end of the chapter. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 and on. And, and just read there. I think it's the most beautiful summary of this. Of how through faith in Jesus Christ, the commonwealth of Israel is, is no longer limited to those who are physical descendants of Israel. That God has brought down all walls that divide Jews and Gentiles in this way. But built a new, new foundation on the prophets and apostles. One household of God and one dwelling place for the Holy Spirit and one man out of the two. It's a beautiful overview of this forest. So check out Ephesians 2.